of strength. And it means that you are tapping into the most powerful force in the universe. That does not make you weak, it makes you strong. This is not a crutch on which I depend. This is the chariot on which we ride. It is not a statement of weakness. It is a statement of strength. In the belief of the all-creator God that we know who answers our prayers, who, who goes to battle before us, who surrounds us with his angels. Yes, Lord, I need you. I need you. Every hour, every breath, every moment. Because I know that in every moment that I look to you, is another moment that I am victorious. Is another moment that I am overcoming sin, that I am overcoming circumstance, and that the strength that I have, while it may not be mine, it is perfect. So Father, we just rise to you. May our, our words rise to you, may our hearts rise to you, not in weakness, but in strength. God, in the understanding that if we walk side by side with you, Lord Jesus, that you will lead us in the paths of righteousness. You will take us to the places that we need to go. You will show us the decisions that we need to make. God, you will help us in our relationships. God, you will mend broken hearts, Lord God, as we need you, as we go by you, as we walk beside you, as we're led by you. We need you, Lord. I need you. Because I want to. So, Father, this morning I pray that we would feel strong in you. God, that we would feel strong in you. We would feel hope in you. We would feel destiny. We'd feel purpose, Lord Jesus, because we are relying on you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. It was uh, good to be together with the the the, uh, the worship team last night. We had worship practice last night. Everybody, every couple of months, we get together and we practice music, and it's just it's good to get together because it's filling, and it's a blessing. But also, we get to to work on some some newer songs, and and uh, it's just it was just good. It was just a good time last night, and so um, it was good to be together just to worship. Um, just wanted to give you a bit of an update on. Uh, what's going on with the Price family? Um, um, I know that uh, we haven't seen them for a while. Uh, it, hasn't necessar- it hasn't been because Brenda's sickness. It's because that um, uh, Dwight, who is a gifted musician and worship leader, has actually taken a position on staff at another church. And so he is uh, helping a church out in, uh, in Toronto, and he is their primary worship leader and, and going on their pastoral staff and getting credentials, and that's honestly been a part of his heart for years and years to come. So it's such an answer to prayer for them. So we need to be happy for them because God is using them. And church, we got to be a part of their lives for however long that we did. Weren't they a blessing to us? Weren't they a blessing to us? And, and we had a chance to be a blessing to them. We may not have years and decades to be together, but for these moments that we are together, I'm, I'm telling you, the opportunity that we have to impact lives is, is greater than you think. 
And they were able to come here, and, and we got to know them, and they became a part of our family. And now we have a chance to send them out into ministry. And so their whole, ba- you know, their whole family's playing on the worship team. And so Dwight's play- leading worship, and John's playing guitar, which he basically learned how to play while, we were, while they were here. Like that, John learned how to play the guitar while he was at our church. Um, David's playing the bass. And so they're all playing on a worship. They're ministering together. Church, this is what we're going for. This is, we want to release people into their calling, into their ministry, and praise the Lord. So keep them in your prayers. I, we, I tried to get them to come back and say goodbye, but they're just there every Sunday because they need them, because they're being a blessing. So when you think of their family, would you say a prayer? I know that John and David are still going to be a part of youth ministry here, um, but as far as Sundays, we're probably not going to get a chance to see them. Um, but just and when you think of them, just say a prayer and just say, God, bless them. Just use them to the fullest of, of God's extent. And just, what a blessing. What a blessing. You see, we can't look at the kingdom of God like it's something that belongs to us. We can't look at people like it's something that belongs to us. We need to realize that what we're trying to do is bring people closer to Jesus and help them understand why God has created them and put them on the planet and then release them into ministry so that they can go and be a blessing somewhere else and they can be fulfilled somewhere else. So just know, keep the Price family in your prayers. Um, they are definitely an extension of our church. And uh, I just, I saw John on Friday and it was just, he was like, man, I haven't seen you in such a long time. And it was like, he's just, he's sad and happy all at the same time. So just, just when you think of them, just, uh, just say a prayer. Um, so this morning we're, we've been talking about, been talking about uh, overall, we've been talking about come and see, having people come and see what, what Jesus is all about. And that that's simple. Like this is a, a simple equation of how, do we, how can we bring people to Jesus? We just need to be excited enough about our faith to say something. We just have to be excited about our, our walk with God and our relationship with God that we're willing to say, you know, you've got to come and see what's going on because this is exciting stuff. What God's doing in my life is like unbelievable. You've got to understand. You've got to, I want you to know what I know. I want you to see what I see because this could change your life. I mean, we need to get to that point in our relationship with God where it's just, it is so real and so powerful and so significant that we can't help but say, you know, you've got to come and see what's going on. And in the process of that, in this season, our church is talking about the promises of God and what he's promised to us and what he's given us as promises. And that, you know what? That's good news. And that we need to spread good news. And we need to tell the world around us about the good things of God. Because I'm not sure they know. I'm not sure they know. Because the only thing they know about church for some of them is what they see on television. And what they see on television is not necessarily the best representation of who God is. It's part of his church, right? What I see on church, what, what, they, what they show on TV as far as church is concerned, is a judgmental, boring, lifeless group of people. That's, who, that's not who the people of God are. That's not who the kingdom of God is. We're more than that. We're greater than that. And so the only way for us to show them is to, is to say, hey, you know what? This is the good things that, about God. This is what God's doing in my life. This is the reason that I can actually be happy even though I'm, I'm unemployed. This is one of the reasons that I know something bad has happened to me, but I'm not giving up faith. I'm not losing myself in addiction. I'm trusting in God. 
That's an opportunity to say these things in the midst of real life. For you to be able to speak about your life, be able to speak about the good things of God, knowing that what you're speaking is going to bring life. Is going to bring life. I get a kick out of... Uh, uh, I get a kick out of, out of um, certain certain movies, and one of, one of my favorite movies I think is is uh, is Indiana Jones: The Quest for the Holy Grail. Anybody, you guys remember that movie? You know, some of you younger guys probably don't remember that movie. They're just like I've played Lego, the Lego version of Indiana Jones. Um, but um, so no, but I, there's there's just I don't know. There's just something about the movie. There's just something interesting about them chasing after the fountain of youth, chasing after the cup. And what they believed is that if they found the grail of Christ, they believed that whoever drank the water from the grail of Christ would live forever. And so they were passionate about this because obviously they wanted to live forever. And so, of course, in the, in the spirit of Indiana Jones, and uh, they would have all sorts of clues that they had to decipher, and then they, uh, they had to try and figure out where is the, the grail even kept. And so they had to dig in really gross places, and of course, you know, uh, in, you know Harrison Ford, who's uh, getting pretty old these days, but... Um, uh, seem to be able to still wield the whip pretty good. You know, the whip uh, it seems to... The whip is the whip has kind of gone by the wayside as a, as a valuable uh, sidearm. You know what I mean? Like, it's no longer a whip. You know, like, you see new... You see, like, new superheroes these days, and either they have superpowers or the biggest gun they can carry in their hand. No, it's not a whip anymore. You know, it's not a whip. So if you own a whip, I'm sorry, it's not going to cut it anymore. Okay, you're not as strong or as tough as you used to look. Okay, if you haven't owned a wimp. So here's Indiana Jones. He's got the whip. He's looking for the Holy Grail. And I don't know if you remember the scene, but they're in the scene with like the really old, like 800-year-old, like uh, soldier. And then they have to choose which cup is Christ because they don't know which cup is Christ's. And they, but if you don't choose the right cup and you take a drink from it, then it's, then you die. And the problem is, is that one person chose the wrong cup, and they kind of died, and it was not really a good scene. It was kind of gross, and so I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to try and put it on the screen or anything. Um, but then, of course, you know, uh, Indiana Jones, Harrison Ford comes up, and he picks the right cup and takes the drink, and he doesn't, he doesn't die. And then he ends up using that water to save his father, who is who was shot, who was Sean Connery. And, and, but there was this quest, there was this passion to get the grail of Christ. There was something about the everlasting that they wanted. That they, they couldn't do without. They needed to find it. They wanted to find it because they wanted to live forever. Who doesn't want to live forever? One of the promises of Christ is that he promises eternal life, forever life, everlasting life. That is something, that is part of the promises of God. I am telling you, if you go to, through the New Testament, you will find over 50 to 60 scriptures that just say the word eternal life as a benefit, as a reward for serving Christ. Eternal life. Now listen, Maybe we've heard this so many times that, again, we've, we've kind of lost a, a connection with it. But I'm telling you, it's a significant thing. I don't know about you, but I'd rather not die. 
You always watch these movies where there's these really, really brave heroes, and they're just like, I'm not afraid to die. I'll go to the front lines and be shot for my country. I'm just not that guy, you know? I'm just not him. You know, I'm the guy in the background with the trumpet, you know what I mean? I'm like, go ahead, go ahead, go, go, you know, go. But for me, I don't want to die. I don't, that's not what I'm, something I'm looking forward to. I'm not, I don't, I don't, I'm not looking forward to that. And you know what, I think, you know, I think we're on the same page, right? But that's, I would say that everybody would want to live forever. And I'm telling you, one of the promises is that he promises eternal life. 1 John 2, 20, 25 says, this is the promise that he made to us, eternal life. Like, I don't, know how, I don't know how simple the verse is, but 1 John 2, 25, this is the promise, eternal life. This is a promise of God. He says, if you follow me, that you'll gain eternal life. And what does eternal mean? It means forever. Now, we don't really have the best idea of what forever is, right? Like, I don't really get that. I don't understand how, I understand how things get started, but to say forever, I don't really know how that goes. Because it's hard for us to look beyond this existence, these moments of our life. It's hard for us to look beyond our frame. And we become very, very much enthralled with these years of our life here on the earth. But the truth is, is that our lives are so much longer, are so much longer. We have so much more to live than just these moments here on earth. You know what the Bible says that this life is like? It's like a vapor. I don't really like to feel, you know, seem like my life is a vapor. You know, it doesn't make me feel all warm inside, you know what I mean? It's just like, hey, buddy, you're a vapor. Well, that's great. Great, it's just like that. But in, in, the, in the existence of time, that the Bible is trying to convey to us that these moments here on earth are very short compared to eternity. But as Christians and as people, we seem to get so focused in on these moments that we forget eternity. We forget forever. I think the world wants us to forget forever. I don't think they want us to think about the consequences of our actions in eternity. I don't think they can make money off of that. I think they want us to think about the here and now, the moment. What are you going to do in the next 15, 20 minutes? What are you going to do in the next hour? What are you going to do tomorrow? How are you going to spend money? What are you going to do on this? Well, watch a TV commercial. You'll figure out what to do. You just got to buy this and buy this and buy this and your life will be happy. That's what, that's what they'll tell you. That's what, that's what the world's trying to sell you. I'm telling you, we are not, we are not, at, for some reason, wired to think about eternity. I believe that we are. We just have to turn on that switch and realize we have an eternity to look forward to. That life truly is Eternal. One of the best known scriptures in the Bible talks about eternal life. John 3, 16. Everlasting life. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son. Whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Everlasting. And I was starting to think about this. And I was just starting to think about, I, think about, I, I was starting to think about Adam. 
Can we really believe that, that our God is an infinite God and he would create such static beings? That, okay, our, our God is, is, is infinite and he, he lives forever and he always was and always will be. And, and, and yet he's going to make a creation that's so finite. I believe that God created us in his image and part of that was eternal. I believe that when God created Adam, that Adam was going to live forever. Do you understand that? Even when he formed our bodies, that Adam, his body, his flesh and blood, that the person of Adam was created to live forever. Now, when sin came into the world, that's when death came into the world. But the initial purpose of our creation was for us to live forever. So this, all of this death started when sin came into the world. And so what we need to realize is from the very beginning that our purpose, a whole purpose of our lives, of our existence, was to be eternal. To have eternal relationship with Christ. And if we realize that, then we can look at our lives and say, oh, I've been looking at this all wrong. I've been looking at my life all wrong. I've been looking at my life as, you know, in, in regards to the next, you know, 40 or 50 years. Look, some of us don't look at our lives beyond tomorrow, let alone eternity. But I find rest and peace in knowledge and knowing that when I'm serving Christ that I will inherit eternal life. That brings me rest. I sleep easier because I trust in Jesus Christ and eternal life is, is my reward. I believe that God has eternal plans. It's not just a 7,000 year age. And that his plans exist outside of time. I believe in an eternal God who always was and whoever was. And I talked about this about a month ago. It's like, you can either believe in eternal matter or you can believe in an eternal God. But eternity is part of life. And it is real. And I don't think we have to be afraid of it. In fact, I think we should celebrate it. I think it's something that we should bring up. Because sooner or later, it's going to be brought up. Sooner or later, you're going to ask a question. You can, like, stick your head in the sand for 40 or 50 years, but eventually you're going to be like, what's going to happen after? Life is eternal. The second thing about eternal, eternal life is that there is, there's only two options. is <laughs> eternal life or there's eternal death. And it is eternal we are created eternal beings, everlasting beings. And we have to make a choice between whether we want everlasting life or everlasting death. Now, those, that second option is not a very good one. I would go with plan A. Plan A is better. <laughs> for the wages of sin, you guys know this verse, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ. Jesus is, is our Lord. There is no in-between. I, you know, I think, I think as people, we kind of like the gray areas of life. You know? You know the gray. You know the gray. You know those gray areas of life where it's not really wrong, or I don't, really, I don't think it's wrong, or 
I'm not sure it's really right, but I think it's kind of a gray area where I don't really feel bad and I don't really feel good, but I'm going to keep doing it because it's easy. We don't like the gray. We like the gray areas of life because there doesn't seem to be any consequences to those gray areas, but there's no gray areas when it comes to eternal. There's no eternal in-between place. Okay? Purgatory does not exist. There's nothing in the Bible that talks about purgatory. All right? So that means I don't believe it. Since Jesus believed in the Bible, I believe in the Bible. Since Jesus believed in the Old Testament, I believe in the Old Testament. And there's nowhere in this written word that talks about purgatory. So either there's eternal life or eternal death. There's no in-between. There's no escalator in-between. It's up or down. There's no weight inside. It's down or up. And so for me, we have to realize that, that there is eternal life in store for people, but people have to see the, that there is a choice, that there is something that they, that they can have that is good. And the Bible speaks of it. The third thing we need to understand about eternal life is that in reality, because sin had entered the world, what the Bible says that when sin entered into the world, that's, that's the wages of sin. And so Adam, while his spirit lived on, his body died. And that's the wages of sin. Yes, that our bodies decay and they die. Also, the wages of sin is that if we don't choose Christ, if we don't choose God, that we, we have an eternal death. But we have to realize that we can have eternal life, which means it's a little bit different than the existence that God initially created with Adam, but we still can have eternal life. It just means it's not going to be the exact same body that you have right now. Woohoo! I think that's good news. <laughs> Maybe you don't think it's good news, but I think it's good news. I would much rather have a glorified body. I don't know about you, but I wouldn't mind being the bionic man. I wouldn't mind having some superpowers. That So, you know, I'd love to be able to run and not get tired in the first 10 meters, okay? Like, I'd love to be able to do that. I'd love to be able to eat sushi all day long and not, like, break my pants. Like, I'd love to be able to do that. And I'm telling you, these are the glorified bodies that are in store for us when we have eternal life. I'm good, I'm good to let this thing go. Like, I don't know about you. Like, I am just not attached. Like, I'm just like, whatever, okay? I could have, like, some killer hair. You wouldn't even know me. I don't know, but, like, that's good news to me. That the frames that we live in, while they're lasting longer with today's physical medicine and, and science, while those, they're lasting longer because of that, I, it's decaying. I want a glorified one. I want, a, I want one that's going to last forever, that's, that's, that's never going to grow tired, that's never going to grow weak, that's never going to get sick, that's never going never to worry about what I'm consuming. It's never, like, I'm going to be able to enjoy that. That is a, a beautiful life. And I'm pretty sure that if you can convince the people around us that that's the message of God, just saying, look, we're not going to stay in these bodies. We're going to have glorified bodies. We're going to have bodies that never get old. That never grow weak. That never get tired. I'm looking forward to that, for sure. 
I'm looking forward to not getting tired. You know? I'm pretty sure you can appeal to the people around you with this message, church, that that's good news. You see, I'm, I'm destined for a place where my body will, will never break down. Will never break down. That's good news. People need to know this. It's real. Because there's an essence to us. Listen, there's an essence to our bodies, to the, our, our creation that's different than the animals, okay? We are not like the animals. Animals do not have souls. Hey, I'm not, I don't want to be offensive. I know you have a new puppy, but I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm not trying to be offensive. I'm just saying we're not like animals. There's an essence to us that God created us in his image. There's a part of the Bible that at, at any point God could have said, well, let's create monkeys and make them in our image. But he didn't. He said, let's create man and make him in our image. There's something different about us. There's an essence to us that even outside of these earthly frames that we will continue on. And that, that's hard to imagine. The only thing I can connect it to is those moments when, when you're about to go to sleep and you're, you're off to kind of in a, in, a, in a bit of a dream world. You know, you begin to dream. That, that seems like you're outside of your own body. And I believe, honestly, I believe that's just a foretaste of God saying, you know what? Your life, your existence, the essence of who you are is so far beyond the earthly frame that exists inside of you. It's so far beyond what you see in front of the mirror. And that's the eternal that we need to invest into. That's the eternal that we need to hold on to and say, look, it's not the way you look. It's not whether you have hair or don't have hair. It is about who you are and who Christ and God has made you. And in each person, we can look inside of those, the people all around us and see beauty and see hope and see purpose and say, you know what? It doesn't matter who you look, what you look like. It doesn't matter how old you are or young you are. God looks at you and he loves you because the very essence of you has hardly anything to do with this. This is just a house. This is just a frame for us to exist. But our existence is so much more than that. And if we can share that with people, church, I believe that it would give people hope. I believe that people have some purpose in that and realizing there's so much more than just what their body looks like. Finally, I just want you to know that eternal life can only be found through Jesus. Eternal life can only be found through Jesus. Over and over in the New Testament, Jesus says it. The other, the other uh, book writers say it. It's only found in Jesus. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life, and he who believes in me will live even if he dies. See, there's the connection between the earthly bodies. Even though their body may die, their essence, their soul lives on in Christ. John 17, 2 says, For you have given him authority over everyone. John, right at this point, Jesus is praying to God with his disciples. 
So Jesus is actually talking about himself when he says, you have given him authority over everyone. He gives eternal life to each one you have given him. And this is the way to have eternal life, to know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to the earth. It is unequivocal. There is no other way to achieve eternal life. Church, there are some eloquent speakers. There are some influential people in this world who would try and convince you that all roads lead to heaven. All roads lead to eternal life, and that's just not true. It only comes through Jesus Christ. You know how I know? Because Jesus Christ and this faith of Christianity is the most unselfish way of life that there is on the planet. There is no other life like this one, church. There is, there is no other set of, of rules and understandings and, and, and ways of living and relationship. There's, there's no other thing on the planet that is so unselfish, that is so like not about us and all about everyone else. Like it, it's... It's unbelievable how unselfish this existence is. And that is what convinces me so much that it is right, that it is true, that the hero of our faith was born in a barn. Not in a palace. The hero of our faith grew up in the most backward town in the country. The hero of our faith, the pinnacle, was the epitome of humility. That's how I know. That's how I know it's Jesus. That's how I know that's the way because it's so unselfish and it's not about me and it's all about other people. It's about loving people and loving God. So listen, it's only through Jesus because everything else becomes about us. Every other way of living becomes about what we want and what's best for us and what's comfortable for us. Every other style, of, every other form of living, every other thing that you can look on the planet is just about what's good For me at the time. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. It's unequivocal. And it's great news. Listen, I like options just as much as you. Like, I love having options. Like, you 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 know that feeling when someone says, this is the only way to do it? And you're like, this can't be the only way. Right? Is that anybody else? Someone says to you, this is the only way to do it, and you're just like, no, no, there's another way, right? There's another way to fix the car. There's another way to get around it. There's another way to fix the computer. Listen, there's another way to play that song. There's another way. There's another way to do it. There's got to be another, there's gotta be a better way. There's got to be an easier way. There's got, we all we start thinking about that, and then we go and we go and Google, and we start thinking to ourselves, how do I do this? There's got to be a cheaper, easier way to do this. I'm sorry, I added the word cheaper. That might not be you. I just, I added the word cheaper. Chris, you get me. So, but the only way is Jesus. And sometimes we feel so comfortable about having options, but it's the very, it's the very options of life that cause us to not do anything. That cause us to compare ourselves to one another. 
It brings insecurity. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. You know what? We can all go that way. And there's only one way. So that doesn't make me better than you. I'm going to Jesus just like you're going to Jesus. All of a sudden, the comparisons are gone. All of a sudden, the playing field has been leveled. We're all together in this. You see what Jesus is doing? He says he only made one way because he wanted us to understand that he loves all of us the same. He only wanted it one way because he didn't want one person to say, my way is better than your way. He didn't want us to compare it with one another. He didn't want us to create some sort of social structure in our society. There's one way to Jesus. It's available to everyone. And if you all go that way, you all receive eternal life. It's not about comparison. It's not about that mine is better than yours because it's all the same. There's only one way to get there. Mine's not faster. It's not shorter. There's There's not extra stoplights on my way. It's all the same. It's brilliant. Well, if there's only one way to get there, then I better go that way. (laughs) And once you realize, listen, you all know what this is like. Once you realize that there's no other choices and you actually get on that road, you're just like, oh, man, I guess, well, I guess we'll just take my time. Sometimes I go on Highway 11 and I'm driving to my house and I get behind someone who believes with her whole heart that 10 below the speed limit is the speed they should go. And honestly, I'm going on this road and I'm thinking to myself, if I turn on the, if I turn on the 12 side road and I cut up the 20 side road and I come across, am I going to be able to get ahead of this person? Am I going to get home quicker? And my answer every single time is no. Ah. Guess I'll just drive. And once I come to the conclusion that this is the only way to go, it's amazing how the peace and the rest, I'm just like, I'm, I'm just not going to be able to get there any faster. Like, there's nothing I can do. It's snowing. I'm not going to pass. I'm, not, I'm just going to have to stay and just relax. And there's something that clicks in you. Oh, well. It's just the way to go. Enjoy the ride. Listen to the radio. Do something. Interact with your children. Oh, there's four kids in the back. Oh, I forgot. (laughs) Which is almost impossible in my van. There's a peace that comes over you. realize, okay, this is the only way to go. There's nothing I can do about it. This is the way. And if we can convince people, if we can help them understand, just say, look, that's okay. Last week it was my phone, so don't worry about it. <laughs> if we can convince people that, hey, this one way is the best way and the strongest way and the, the very best way, and they can realize that, then there's peace. There's this rest that says, okay. I'm going to close with this story. I was with my friend. I meet a, I meet a friend uh, almost, almost weekly, and we get together as, as pastors, and we're having this conversation about his kids, and he's got two older uh, teenage boys, and I thought, I'm going to glean some knowledge from my friend who has teenage boys since I'm going to have four of them. And so I thought to myself, I'm going to pick this guy's brain because I bet you he knows stuff that I don't. So we're talking, and uh, we're talking about 
young people and the friendships that they have and how significant those friendships are. How significant it is for them to have strong friendships of Christian, Christian people so that they can have good people influencing their children. Because we, we all know that as children, as children grow up into teenagers, their friends have way more influence on them at times than we do. I wish that weren't true, and I'm doing my very best to make sure that I have as much influence as I possibly can. But it's, there's something about adolescence where friends seem to be able to influence their friends to do stuff. So I'm asking him about his friends. And he told me that his, his son, he's got lots of, Christ, got lots of friends who aren't Christians and, and only a couple of friends who are. And he's like, he was really concerned about that. And so, because his, his son started talking about, you know, I, this friend from school who's not a Christian is like, man, when we grow up, we're just going to spend time together and we're going to get, you know, we're going to buy a piece of land and build houses together and, and stuff like that. You know, you know what kids, how they talk about that, right? And, and then, but the, their parents said to them, the mom says to them and just says, you want to spend time with them and live with them. Don't you want to go, to, don't you want them to go to heaven? And he said this line, and it just, maybe you've heard it a thousand times, but I just never heard it. And and he just said a matter of fact, he's like, he just said, you know what, the only thing you can take to heaven with you is people. You can't take money. You can't take stuff. You can't take things. You can't take your job. But you can bring people with you. You can bring people with you. That's the only thing that, that travels with us, you know, into eternity. And I don't know about you, but I, I want to spend eternity with friends. I want to spend eternity with the people I know. And this is why we're doing this. This is why we're talking about this. Because eternity is, a good, is good news. I'm a better guitar player than that. <laughs> eternity is good news. And we need to convince people of that. We need to convince ourselves of that first, though, don't we? Don't we? We need to convince ourselves and realizing, you know what, eternity's good news. That we have something great to look forward to. That it's not about these bodies in this frame. It is about Jesus living eternally with glorified bodies. And the Bible says that we're not going to live on this earth or in the heaven that exists. But there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. And I don't know what that looks like. I haven't been to heaven yet. I don't know what it looks like, but I'm telling you, it's, this, it's good news for people to realize that there is life everlasting. And it is with Christ. And that's a promise. Church, that's a promise. That's a promise over and over in the Bible. If you want to look for one of the promises that are said over and over and over and over and over and over in the Bible, it's eternal life. You're going to find more scripture verses about eternal life than almost any other promise in the Bible. Because they're trying, it's trying to convince you over and over, this, there is life beyond this. A greater, an even greater existence with Christ. And I think people need to know about it. Because we can't take anything else with us. Just people. Amen? Would you pray with me?
Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the opportunity to be together. And God, for those who are afraid this morning, God, the moment I even start talking about forever, the moment I even start talking about eternity, there are those who automatically, they get all clinched up, they get afraid, they're scared. This isn't about being afraid. This is about being at rest, being at peace. So, Father, I just pray this morning that people would be at rest, knowing that there's only one way to get there, and that's it. We all have to go the same way through Jesus Christ. That it's not a competition, it's not a, it's not a race that, that we have to try and beat people at. It's not about achieving an award, but it's a reward for serving Christ. It, it, we're all in the same place. So Father, this morning, if there are those here today who maybe have never made that choice, who've never given their hearts to Jesus and they want eternal life, that, that comes through surrendering our lives to him. With nobody looking around, everybody's eyes closed, if, there, if there's someone here today who would just like to say, yes, that's me, I want to give my heart to Jesus. I want to live eternally with Christ. I want that reward. I'd love to be able to pray with you. I'm not going to send you out. Nobody else is looking around. Just put your hand so I can, in, in, on the count of three, just put your hand up and down so I can see it, so I can pray with you. One, Two, three, thank you. Is there anybody else? Just want to say, yeah, that's me. I just I just want to make that decision today. Thanks. I just want to reestablish my belief in that. Just a few more seconds. Anybody else? after me this prayer. I know this seems I know this seems sometimes can seem like not sincere. But in order for people to start in the right direction, they need help. I can't help you take steps 8, 9 and 10 all the time, but the first step I want to we want to help. So it starts with a prayer, but it only works if you mean it. So would you repeat this prayer after me for the sake of those who are starting? Dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sin. I'm sorry for not believing in you. I want to live forever with you. So take control of my life. Show me the way I need to go. In Jesus' name we pray. want to close together. I just want to close together. Listen, I am reminded of what we sang about at the beginning. I'm reminded of us singing, I need you. Reminded of, of that moment that just says, God, I depend on you. And yes, we have to depend on God. We have to have faith to believe in forever.
but forever is going to happen. And you know what? You're going to live forever with Jesus. You're gonna, listen, you're going to live forever with Jesus. You're going to live forever with Jesus. And that's good news. Maybe you haven't heard that before. Maybe you never heard somebody say it. Maybe you just forgot it. But we're going to live forever with Jesus. And that brings me peace. That brings me rest. And I'm telling you, it's going to bring other people peace and rest too. And in those moments when they ask the questions, in those moments in the conversations that you have with people, you'll be able to say, you know what? There, I don't have the, all the answers to life, but I believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And because I serve him, that my eternity is secure in him. So Father, right now, just would you just pray with me? Father, I believe that there are conversations that are gonna happen this week about eternity. God, I do not believe that this is accidental, that I'm talking about this, but that there will be moments that people are talking about forever. God, in the midst of of all the things that are going on in our lives, that there's going to be an opportunity for us to say, for us to say that I believe that there is a forever. And that I believe that Jesus is the only way to have eternal life. And I'm banking on it. And it's what brings me peace. So Father, I pray for those preordained conversations today. And I pray that faith and courage and truth would rise up in us. And then that moment comes that we would be able to confess the name of Christ. That others might hear the good news of the faith in Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. God bless you, church. Listen, we're about, we're getting ready to have our fellowship Sunday. Listen, hold on, don't, don't, don't go anywhere. Just, if you did not bring food or if you're visiting today and you're thinking to yourself, I didn't bring any food so I can't eat your food. Poppycock, you can totally eat our food. So please stick around. We want to get to know you. That's why we do it. We do it because we want to be together as a family. So stick around, eat our food. We're going to have a blast. God bless you.